Hey everyone, we got a jam-packed show today for the Locked on Penguins podcast. Going to be recapping the 4-3 to loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Penguins have now lost two straight. But we're also going to be welcoming uh, Doug Glackey from the 4-Checking TV to get his insight on that game. And then, of course, you know, going to some more trade targets because we are officially a month away from the trade deadline. And, of course, you know, preview what's to come for the Penguins later this week. So um, we'll get to the episode right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Hello underscore Penguins. I am upstairs today. My girlfriend is downstairs playing Xbox with her friends using my Xbox, actually. So um, if I was going to do my normal setup or my new one, um, everyone would see her in the background just screaming and raging. And I don't need that on the podcast here. But I've been making some for, for some great theater. Um, but that's, that's just not going to fly here. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online where the game starts. Now, joining me today, as I said in my intro, is Doug Glackey. If I put him on right here, there he is. Uh, Doug, how are you doing today, man? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. You know, I figured I would get you on with officially a month to the trade deadline. We're, we're about four weeks now, and we've already seen a couple trades the last couple of days as the Maple Leafs and Coyotes like to, I guess, go around with each other. I don't know if Kyle Dubas um, has, you know, Arizona's game on speed dial, but, um, you know, it, it, it definitely looks like he does. But, you know, obviously this is a Penguin-centric podcast. Penguins fall 4-3 to three to the Hurricanes, Doug. Um, in a game that I think was kind of a tale of two halves, I thought Carolina was the better team. In the first 25 to 30 minutes, I thought Pittsburgh then made a big push after that. And, you know, you get a result that, you know, it was 50-50. The Hurricanes came out on top. You know, I think, you know, the officiating kind of played a little bit of a part late in that game with that horrendous call on Chris Letang. That is a slash that goes uncalled nine, um, 9.9 out of 10 other times, but they decided to call it there. Um Al Hogue makes it forward too. The Penguins are able to make a late push in the third as well. But Sidney Crosby was doing a couple of times at the buzzer. Doug, what did you mainly take away from that game? Because I think some of the Yinzers are now out in full force saying that, well, the Penguins can't play with a team like this and blah, 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 blah. Even though Adam Gretz had a great article this morning showing that the Penguins are eight and eight and four against playoff teams this year, which is considering the rest of the conference, pretty good. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, right? Like you get you get to this point in the year like after like football's over and all that and you get like one or two big games and they either don't show up or they're not able to play a complete game and everybody just thinks that the world's ending. Um which in my opinion is not really the case. Um I think that it's a very good sign that they were able to come back and at least make that game a game. Um, given how it looked early on. Um, and really, you could say they at least take it into overtime if they don't play 
lackadaisical to start periods uh, two and three, which, you know, that's something that will probably get ironed out. But at the same time, it is kind it is very irritating to see that, especially because of the fact that it's like, okay, if they are able to just tighten up for the first shift of each period, they most likely win that game. Yeah, the, the stall one, I think, was the most unfortunate goal that was given up. Um, Tristan Jari really had no chance on it, and the Penguins were attempting to clear it. It basically goes off his skate and then into the net, no kicking motion, or I believe it was off his skate, off some some body part of his, and you know, Jari, again, wasn't able to corral it in. That, that's just bad luck. You know, that happens a lot for hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always say it's the devil's sport. And, you know, the, the, sec- the, the second one in the third period was one that I think that, that really uh, irritated me because Brian Dumoulin royally screwed up on that. And he actually had a pretty bad game. That was, I think, his worst game of the season, in my opinion, man. Um, just was a step slowed, I think, to every puck. Uh, and on that third goal, which wasn't the game winner, but, you know, it still gave the Hurricanes the edge at the time. His back is basically like he's kind of looking sideways, not looking at the puck, and is not realizing that you know Jasper Foss is coming down the right side. And then by the time he gets the puck, he's already beaten, and he was just way out of position there. Chris Tang had his man, um, the forward who was on the ice. I believe that was Sid had his man. Um, it was just I think just a, a total screw up. And you know on the fourth goal. Um, you know, he was also a step slow with getting his stick in the way. Just a really brutal game, I thought, from him. And, you know, I think that's two in a row where it's kind of like, okay, I don't want his early season form to be coming back. Um, but I definitely think he has more to give moving forward. Yeah, that that's a really good point in the sense of he needs to just <clears throat> step it up and stay consistent because, like you said, Early on in the year, I mean, we thought that Dumoulin was complete, was cooked. Like there, we thought that there was going to be no ch- no chance that he'd regain his form, and luckily he did. Um, and you would absolutely hate to see him potentially revert back to that going into this massive stretch of games they have for pretty much the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, and like. That's the biggest thing is they're at their best when Latang and Dumoulin are in sync. He's the perfect so partner. They for need him to get back. Um, I, I really do think that, you know, they just, they, they work so well together. Obviously it wasn't um, working out um, against Carolina. I think they were kind of just, I wouldn't say exploiting him, but just, you know, just, he, ha- he had a bad game. Those happen. But, you know, he still needs to be a lot better if the Penguins are going to compete with that team. And, you know, again, I, I, I kind of got tired of the takes I saw on social media and a couple other places by, you know, some people in the fan base saying that, you know, the Penguins can't play with this team and all that. I mean, as I said in the intro, the Penguins dominated, I thought, those last 25 to 30 minutes. Um, they were they, – they came at them in, in full force. And, and I put this on my Twitter after the game – if the Penguins can play like that and how they played in December for a full 60 minutes, they can take the Hurricanes in a playoff series. I mean, I want to see these two teams go at it. I think that the two best in the division uh, right now, it's looking like Carolina will probably get the one seed. They won again today. They still have, I believe like one game in hand on Pittsburgh could be a six point lead by the time everything is all even, which means the Penguins will play the Rangers. But 
I mean, this is still a playoff series that I think would take a lot of lives. I think a lot of years off our lives would be some incredible hockey with so many great storylines. Um, I, I want more of those games, and you know, it, it would be great. You know, what, what, what do you think? I totally agree. And you know, speaking of playoff series is shedding years off of our lives. I mean, I was thinking about it just like looking at looking at it from a long-term perspective. If they're going to do it, man, the road to get there might honest to god put me in an ER. Um maybe a lot. Because like you got to think like Rangers round 1, Hurricanes potentially round 2 and then Round three, you're getting whoever the hell wins the Super Bowl between the Panthers and the Lightning. And that's just, dude, it's, I'm, I'm so excited for it. Obviously, it's very early. I hope they don't grab the bed in like round one because we're going to get some really, really good hockey if they're able to keep rolling. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I, I'm kind of already having nightmares that Igor Shosturkin is going to steal a series like Ilya Sorokin did, even, just because the Rangers' underlying numbers are so pathetic this year. Um, <clears throat> they have a good top six. The rest of their depth is bad. They have a Norris-caliber defenseman, and then they have basically Henrik Lundqvist clone in that. Just when you thought he was retired, he basically came out of retirement, and he's just a younger dude at, the, at this point and with how Shosturkin has been. So that is what's giving me nightmares. Um, one more thing about um, this game before we go into our next segment, you know, touch on a couple other storylines from it. Um, I thought Chris Letang was magnificent, struggled a lot in Toronto. I'll say that, you know, I, well, you know, one thing about, you know, me with the show, you know, you know, this Doug, um, I'll criticize any player and I'll also praise any player. And, you know, it was a complete 180 from what we saw in Toronto. He was directly responsible for the first goal, especially that the, the way he was able to keep the puck in, um, that was just unlike anything I've ever seen him do. Um, Ross is able to get another one. And, you know, the second goal, you know, Sid was able to come down and just fire a slapper that I want him I see. To, I want him to see, you know, I want him to do a lot more, um, excuse me. But, you know, Tang was also great defensively, was winning a lot of puck battles, not really having a lot of turnovers in the defensive zone. Um, you know, he even beat out Ajo, Teravine, and, and Sechnikov to a lot of, you know, loose pucks and everything. And, you know, when he's playing like this, there's not many defensemen that can do what he does. So um, just was loving when he was doing it. And for the people that were blaming Latang for, you know, the, the second goal, I, no, the third goal that was given up, um, no. I think those people need to either get some glasses or rewatch the play because that was mainly all Brian Dumont right there. Um, just but what a performance from Latang. Yeah, and the cool thing about the rust goal was you know it was one of those moments where the moment Latang held the puck in you're you're just sitting there watching it thinking okay like they're gonna do something here it's just a matter of which which players can get rewarded on the ice yeah I know I, I I agree with that for sure and you know again that keeping at the blue line where it looked like he basically almost like batted it down and then was able to shoot uh, shoot get, get the puck shoot it from the point and then Russ is able to bury a rebound five hole and you know, if that doesn't happen, who knows what happens for the rest of that game. But, you know, I, I was loving what he was doing and, you know, just, again, hope he can really keep this up um, for the rest of the season. 
Um, before we get to our next segment, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Bill Barr, it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars as well are covered in 100% real chocolate. And yes, that includes puffs that are low calorie, high protein. You can place your candy bars with these. Heck, they're even better than candy bars. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. You know, Built Bars are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of nut carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You know, there's mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, and new for this month only, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out. All the time. If you, you know, if and if they think they flavor might be good, they will make it. You can go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. I'm gonna follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. Um, you know, uh, another day, another amazing start from Tristan Jari, Doug. Um, it's just ridiculous what we're seeing from him right now. Um, <clears throat> it was pretty evident that I think the team needed to buy him at least 10 steak dinners after he was basically keeping them in the game, you know, stopping Sechnikov, I'm pretty sure, on a breakaway. Um, I think Aho also came in on a mini one. He was making a lot of great high-danger saves, and um, just the level that he is playing. I, 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 I probably sound like a broken record at this point. Um, you know, it's Vesna caliber and he's still top five in goal saved above expected though. I will say this, Doug, they are going to have to find a real, uh, reliable backup for him. Casey DeSmith is not that, but, um, what another great performance from Tristan. He gave the team a shot as he's done all year. And that's all you can really ask for him from him. Exactly. And, you know, one thing I want to touch on is um, up until the point that we had that Russ scored. If Jari's not in net, they're down by four or five goals, potentially more, Um, you know, and I think we're getting to the point now, like like you said, we need to Ron Hextall needs to go out and reward Tristan with a with a reliable backup goaltender that is not Casey DeSmith or Louis Domingue. You know, we need they need to go out and get a guy that's capable of starting a stretch of games and not, you know, having a lackluster start or having a moment where he's caught with his pants down, Um, you know, and that's something that the Penguins currently do not have in house. And um, if they were going to give up assets for anything um, on March 28th or near the March 28th trade deadline, it should be that to go get Tristan Jari reliable backup. Yeah. And, and there's going to be options. You know, there was Braden Holpe was thrown around today, I believe from Pagnotta of the fourth period. I think Frank Cervelli also had him as well. You know, that would be, I think a full Yinzer experience, Doug, just because, you know, for all of the Penguins fans that go to games and for some reason they have to do the Holpe chant when a, he either has not given up a goal or B, he's only given up one goal, and it's just like, okay, I get it. He played for the Capitals all these years, but you're really only supposed to do a goalie chant when you light him up like a Christmas tree. Like Henrik Lundqvist, Game 5, 2016, you pop five or six past him. All right, now, now you can do a little chant because it's actually funny. But 
Um, I would love to see what those same, same people would do if they acquired someone like that. Um, another one I saw today, Doug, James Reimer from San Jose. That team is not going anywhere. He's had a pretty decent season, um, pretty affordable, I would think. Uh, I think he's another option that the team should definitely look at. What do you think about that? I'm all about it. And with Reimer, you got to think if they retain, like, he's, he's, I think he's under contract for this year and next. And if you retain, if you get um, San Jose to retain like 500 to 700K on him, he can be your backup for next year and fit into next year's plans. Um, which, with the way he's played and he's turned back the clock, that would be rather huge. Um, he had a great start to the year um, up until the point where the Penguins just absolutely like beat his face in and scored like six or seven on him yeah. um, in that Sunday afternoon game where Rust and Erod had the dueling hat tricks. But um, that's, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Whenever I say a guy who can start a stretch of games is like a James Reimer or a Braden Holtby or a Yaroslav Halak who would with getting Halak would also be hilarious because of how much um, of a bad memory he's put in the back of all of our minds from what he did um, 12 years ago with the Canadians yeah. in that playoff series that shut down Mellon arena. <clears throat> yeah. Halak, that would also be again, another full circle thing. And it also piss a lot of capitals fans off, which would um, I think be another added bonus um, though. I think, he may not want to move. Last I checked, I think he wants to stay in Vancouver. He doesn't want to waive his no-trade clause. At least that's what um, is being reported out of there, though. Could that change? Absolutely. The deadline is still a month away. You know, Maybe he does want to go play for a playoff contender since Vancouver's not going anywhere this year. But as of right now, he might be <clears throat> off the table. But I do agree. They need to go out and get a backup. Maybe it's a package deal with a backup and a forward. Um I had this in my mind today. You maybe if the stars wanted to trade Joe Pavelski and Braden Holtby, I mean that's a nice little package deal, and I would probably just collapse if they got Joe Pavelski. He, he can still bring it at this age. Now, do I think they trade Pavelski? Probably not. Dallas is still in the Western Conference playoff race, but if they do fall out in the next month, you know that 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 would be pretty enticing. You know, it's another forward for the top six. I I, I personally think Doug. The team needs another floor because Kappen is not getting it done. Zucker's going to come back, which is fine. Bluger's also going to come back, which is huge. And we're going to get to him a little in a little bit. But I still think they're a forward short. I do too, you know. And, I mean, I still think they're a forward short without even exploring the idea of trying to upgrade on Kasperi Kapanen. Um, with how he's played this year. And, you know, that's going to be a big storyline over the next month is are they going to address the forward spot um, and how are they going to address it? Because I'm not really going to buy into a lot of the rumors that are out there right now, be, just simply because, you know, last year we were all bought into several different guys and then out of nowhere, you know, he go. Ron Hextall goes and trades for Jeff Carter, which was not on anybody's radar at all. And he ended up completely lighting it up and really hasn't looked back since. Yeah. I mean, 
and he, the reasoning for that trade, you know, he wanted to reward the team for playing well. I got to think he's going to do the same in some capacity here again. You know, that's that would be my ultimate dream one as Doug, I think, is either that's a soda or he's just chugging a beer while we're recording the podcast, which is all big Jeff Carter-esque as we just so. Um, anyways, yeah, that would be huge. You know, there's other forwards out there, Doug. Um, Brock Besser, Connor Garland. Um, I've seen rumors about Phil Kessel making a return. I don't really know about that because – I don't think he has at this point, though. I think his cap hit, <clears throat> if they can get Arizona to retain a little bit, um, that would be pretty intriguing. I like Nick Paul. Um, what we're not going to go for here is Cal Clutterbuck. This is not a Cal Clutterbuck stand podcast, and um, that's all I'm going to say on that. I think Doug would agree there. Who uh, who else stands out to you, you think? Um, before we get into that, I just wanted to say I was looking forward to coming on here and cutting a WWE promo about how they need a big, strong man to punch someone in the face and get cratered in the defensive zone. I was I was ready for it, man. <laughs> but um, no, um, you know, I saw that they were there were reports out about Ricard Raquel, which I find interesting. Um, you know, I think that that's somebody who could come in and play both wings um at any in any spot in the top nine and still be a contributor and somebody that i really have my eye on is um especially with all the situations going into the summer in terms of like needing to sign guys and cap money being you know ever so of an essence going into the summer is uh brandon hagel from chicago um he signed for this year and then the next two years after that at one and a half million dollars and he's on pace for about a 50 point scoring a 50 point clip and i think that he'd be a perfect addition into the penguins top nine and it would be especially big going into next season knowing that you have a guy with the cost certainty of brandon hagel to be able to slot in anywhere in your top nine um obviously it will be a fairly hefty price given in that um He's only 23. Given that, yeah, he's only 23. And you have that luxury of him being so cheap for the next several years. Um, you know, I, I'd be willing to pay it because, in my opinion, it's pretty much the equivalent of what happened when the Lightning traded for Blake Coleman. Yeah. You I, know, I, I think that, that it's I, in I that caliber. The top. Um, and they gave up whatever they needed to. Um, and that's the last thing I think I'll say on that, Doug. Um, this team needs to, you know, they're, they're still in win now. You have a really great chance, I think, at going for four this year. Excuse me. You need to do whatever it takes to go do that. And I would put the first round pick in play. I would put a couple of the best prospects in play. Um, I think you do whatever it takes at this point. Um, you know, the future be damned. Uh, for me, the team's going to stink no matter what. Um, if you feel like you have a good enough team, and I know the Penguins do, um, you, you you go out and you make a deal. And um, well, I'll be curious to see if Hexall does that. You know, I think Hagel would make sense if you want to pair with Kenny Malkin. I think they definitely need someone that can go on his line and actually produce because he's just had a mix and mash of line mates and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna say if you were gonna say something, go right ahead. Honestly, I'm just going to piggyback off of what you said. If it gets 
the core another Stanley Cup to solidify their legacy, or it extends the window an extra two to three years on a, what we already think it can, how however long we think it can last. Take the um, cupboard and burn it to the ground. Yeah, like that, that basically. You know, um, yeah, I mean, uh, because here's the thing. Everybody will be upset if they end up trading Sam Poulin, but odds are by the time Brandon Hagel's contract could expire, Sam uh, Sam Poulin may not even be in the NHL. So there's no sense in it. And, you know, what's, what's another late 20s pick going to do for them anyway? And really, what has it done for them the last 15 years? Nothing really. <laughs> That's... Basically, yeah. I mean, there's nothing really that's that's been done for them. You know, they haven't really used their first rounder anyway. What's one more, um, I guess. But still a little more to get to for this episode. We're going to get into some Teddy Bluger talk coming up in the next segment. And also what's ahead for the Penguins is they have quite a bit of a break here um, until late in the week. But before we do that, football might be over for this season. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your Olympic coverage and information. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to to learn more about the trends and the action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So, you know, I, I had this thought yesterday while watching and, you know, I think CK404 response code on penguins Twitter, you know, put the tweet out there as well. Um, I think people are really under undervaluing Teddy Bluger's importance to the team. I'm not going to go out here and say he's a 50 to 60 point center. I mean, that's just not accurate, but um, he, I think is the one that makes that line go with Ashton Reese and McGinn. And if you take him away, Ashton Reese, I think becomes a little less effective Begin definitely becomes less effective and you know they're on other lines and they're not doing their main duties that they do with Teddy so I think that's just it's really hard to the team a little bit and you know it's that the Penguins can't rely on that line to go out there against best competition you know like they did for most of last season when Brandon Tanev was there and then for a lot of this season with Brock McGinn would you agree with that and I, I mean because personally I, I I can't wait for when he comes back yeah um I'm with you I'm really itching for Teddy to come back because not only does it impact the entire lineup it greatly impacts the penalty kill due to how good him and Brock McGinn are together um as a PK unit um that might be one of the better PK units I've seen the Penguins put over the put over the boards and onto the ice throughout the entirety of the Crosby Malkin era. Like for whatever reason, they just work well together. And, you know, that fourth line's very explosive defensively. And um, the biggest thing with Bluger, in my opinion, uh, getting him back is you can get away with letting Brian Boyle run around out there when you're playing Philly, Buffalo, and New Jersey every other night. And, now, with them playing legitimate contenders, I'm genuinely afraid that Brian Boyle is going to get exposed and get absolutely cooked out there in moments where the Penguins need him to be, a, be stout defensively and be a force out there on the ice. Yeah, I, I did say on the pod last week, I wouldn't mind if he does get playoff minutes 
though, after watching the game against Carolina, I, I, I'm walking it back just a little bit because he kind of did get exposed in that game. Carolina is great in transition. They're faster than the Penguins, which is very weird to say because I think the Penguins are one of the fastest teams in the league. But I, I think he, you could definitely tell that he was out of his element and that one. And um, for as how for as good as he has been this season, and he, you know he's been great. Um, I think, you know, he definitely will get exposed in the seven-game series. They need Teddy and, you know, Jason Zucker out there. That's why I know, you know, it's the easy thing to do is pick on him. And trust me, you know, I've you know, talked about how wrong I've been on him throughout his tenure here. But um, I still think when he is in the lineup, he, he is a good player and he can make a difference. If it's not scoring, it's playmaking. So, you know, he also will, you know, do go to the dirty areas and, you know, along the boards and win those puck battles and all that. Where I think Boyle, for you know, long reach, big guy, but I think that's just it's not his game at this point. So um, I definitely agree with you on that. You know, I think Bluger is hopefully get, get, getting close to coming back here within the next week or two. Um, they they badly need him. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, everything that you were saying about Boyle there in my opinion, is a very good endorsement. Obviously not to keep harping on trade stuff, but that's a good endorsement to go trade for Nick Paul for depth purposes. You know, let him be your extra center um, and be the guy that steps in if Bluger were to go down because he has really good defensive zone impacts. I think he's more known as a defensive specialist at this point. And that would be a very welcomed addition if they were to make a move like that just knowing that you have a proven defense, another proven defensive center that's capable of playing somewhat of a speed game or can at least keep up against teams like Carolina and Florida. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I am a big Nick Paul fan. I think, you know, what he's done in Ottawa this year has been pretty good, even though Ottawa is not a good team. Um, I would definitely give up, you know, at, at least some assets for him. Um, his underlings aren't terrible, um, better than I thought. Um, but you know, if the team can do better, I'm not going to say, you know, I'll, you know, go get someone else. Yeah, they, they definitely should, at least in my opinion, but you know, Paul will definitely be on the team's radar. Looking ahead a little bit, Doug, the Penguins are off these next couple of days. They don't play until Thursday, get the New Jersey Devils for the fourth and final time. The Penguins have won the previous, uh, two meetings. Uh, they've won two out of the three this year. They then get the Rangers and then man, eh, they got a, as I, I've said, probably a thousand times on this show lately. They're going to have to run the gauntlet um, if they want to get home ice. They basically almost locked into a playoff spot. The Islanders can't do anything. They're so far ahead of the Red Wings at this point. Heck, they only dropped one point to the Red Wings before anyway. But um, this schedule is about to turn nasty. We're about to find out just how good this team is and see how they play against good teams. I know it hasn't been the best start with how they lost to Toronto, which was a stinker, and Carolina, which was basically 50-50. But you know, the Penguins will have an opportunity here to you know win some games on home ice, which has usually been kind to them, though they have been a better road team this year. You know, what are your thoughts on the immediate you know schedule moving forward for the next week? It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Um, that is for certain. Because like you said, like it is it is an absolute gauntlet until that third weekend in um March when they have the coyotes. Um <laughs> You know, you you got, I mean, you got Tampa, you got Carolina again, you got Florida and Vegas, Carolina, and then Nashville and St. Louis. 
um, who are two very underrated teams out in the West. Um, and I mean, we saw with St. Louis, the, that first St. Louis game, whenever they played at home and came back and won, how difficult they are to play against. And that's going to be another big one for them. But um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, hopefully, honestly, like we said earlier, hopefully Teddy Bluger's back sooner than later because they're going to need him for that stretch of games or need them to need him to at least rejoin the team some at some point in that stretch of games. Yeah, and you know, there's just there's a ton of Metro games coming up here. You know, they, I forgot almost. Man, they have Columbus coming up um, on the 27th, and then they have a little bit of a break. Start March, they go to Tampa Bay, and then they go to Carolina the next night. Good luck. I mean, that, that's that's really all I can say with that stretch. Then they have Columbus. Actually, no, they have, I'm sorry. Then they have Florida, Vegas, Carolina, Nashville, St. Louis, as you said, Arizona. Columbus and Buffalo. So they get a little bit of a break after March 17th. Um, but, you know, this is just a really tough stretch of games. Um, we'll see how the Penguins do. Again, they're 18 points clear of the ninth spot Red Wings right now. The Red Wings only have 30 games left. Um, <laughs> that way it would have to be a monumental collapse for the Penguins to somehow miss the playoffs um, at this point. All that matters is the team getting healthy, continuing to play well, and seeing what matchup they get in the first round. But, no, Doug, I think that basically does it for this episode. Um, I'll have a full game preview um, either Tuesday or Wednesday for the game against New Jersey, and then obviously a full game recap for that game on Thursday. Also go over some practice notes as well, see if Teddy Bluger is back. And, you know, by some miracle, the Penguins make a trade. I will also have that here as well. But, you know, Doug, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can the, the new listeners find you um, if they have never listened to you before? All right. So follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Gladke. Obviously put a lot of good stuff out there. Um, and I feel like things are starting to pick up now as we're getting deeper into the season. And then be sure to check out my podcast for checking TV. Follow us on Twitter at for checking TV. And as for what's coming up there, I'm really going to try and record an episode tomorrow. Um, it's been difficult lately because Scotty and Peyton and myself have all been busy with whether it be work or doing broadcasting stuff on the side. And we really haven't had time to really sit down and chat about a lot of things. So next time we'll be able to get one out, it's going to be a good one because we haven't really talked in a while. So that, there's that. Yeah. Check out his show guys. You know, he, he, he really does do a great job with um, you know, his co-host as he just said. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins, and I'll be back with you all on Tuesday. Have a great night.